The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Paul MacDonald alongside Deepak Gohill and Paul Marsh. Good evening, gentlemen. Evening, guys. Hello, good evening. Uh, the 49ers went from Atlanta straight to Santa Clara and somehow went from bad to catastrophically worse in a game against the Kansas City Chiefs that ended 44 to the Chiefs, 23 to the 49ers. It was just a mess from start to finish. I wanted to ask you guys to start off with what went wrong. It might be quicker to ask you what went right. <laughs> um, I think what went wrong was that they uh, they outperformed us on both sides of the ball and outcoached us in the most embarrassing way. Uh, what went right? I think Christian McCaffrey was as advertised, so that was good. Um, but I think what, what really, really went wrong, if you look at the stats, Paul, that we were sent for the game, they're not that far apart. Total first downs, ours 25 versus their 24s. The third down efficiencies against similar, you know. Um, rushing yards against similar, ours 101, theirs is 112. But this was the thing, right? Their passing yards were about sort of, I mean, ours were 343, there's 417, fair enough. But... There isn't a world of difference if you look at the stats, but I think the key difference was when they had the ball, they scored and we didn't. Precisely. What we did with the ball when we had it is not what is acceptable from the 49ers. Paul, what, what did you think of the game overall? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, uh, especially when you look at the, if, if we ignore the, catastroph the, yeah, the catastrophe of the second half, the first half is that is that old adage of you know sevens not threes. I mean, I, I know obviously we got we got like the one touchdown um, after um, the interception, which was great because we kind of got into the red zone pretty much straight away and all that kind of stuff. But we'd got several drives that ended up with you know field goals, uh, which kept us ahead for most of the first half. But if imagine if we'd got you know and defensively we we weren't as open and as sloppy as we were in the second half. And if we t if we, all those threes had been sevens, like in in their second half where it was touchdown, 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 every single time they got the ball, if we could have even come close to getting sort of two or three more touchdowns in the first half, um, th then we may actually, you know, we, we were going kind of toe to toe with them at, at that point. And obviously, because we got such a good start with the um, you know with the interception and the touchdown, um, then uh, we may have had a chance, but. It, it, well, I don't know. Some, some, some of you guys may um, remember some of the things I say on the chat on the games. I have this philosophy that um, Garoppolo only ever has one good drive in him per game. And normally that's mm. kind of near the beginning. Uh, and after that, it just kind of tails off into field goals and abject rubbishness. Um, and that's basically what happened in the game <laughs> on, uh, um, on Sunday. I think we were sort of in it up till even when Kittle scored that touchdown in the third. That only left us with one more score to get back in the game. Uh, but for me, I think, you know, we were destroyed, OK? So I'm not going to say anything more than that. But I do think Jimmy Garoppolo's interception 
was the well, yeah. end of the game. Was it was a turning point. It certainly was a turning point. Yeah, it was. It I mean, was. it killed any momentum that we had. We had a fair amount, you know. I mean, we also left a, a lot of points on the field in the first quarter in particular, you know. So, it, but that interception on the goal line, it was a needless throw. It was... Yeah. Oh, it was just it was awful it just sucked the life out of any momentum that we had and it's not just the offense's momentum it also sucks the life out of the defense because guess what those guys have to go out there and play again and then we conceded the safety they got the ball back and they scored with it yeah yeah you know so you, <laughs> you do not bring a knife to a gunfight you know what i mean did you see similarities between the game on Sunday and the Super Bowl loss to the Kansas City Chiefs where the second half we just had no answer to anything that Kansas did on the field we had no answer to what Andy Reid was was planning and the, the team were executing Patrick Mahomes was executing on the field yeah we, we didn't have an answer I think the Super Bowl was different we were up by 10 points in the fourth quarter you know and- we were we were, but then when it all fell apart, it properly fell apart and we, we simply couldn't stop them. But I think that ties in with Shanahan's inability to close a game. He will always leave a little bit of daylight for somebody to get back in. You know, No matter mm. how well we think we're playing and we think, oh, this is good, this is one now, we always never put our foot no. on anybody's throat and close the game was it, was it was it Detroit the first game of last season where we where for once we didn't just give we didn't just get like one score up we got like two or three scores up and then right in the fourth quarter Detroit just scored like two touchdowns right, right towards the end and nearly got back and it's just like it doesn't seem to matter how well we play in the first half there's always an opportunity for the for the you know whoever we're playing to get back into the game in the second half. I, I do have a theory on this Jimmy's one quarter, which is usually the first quarter. And I think that's because it's for the first quarter, Shanahan scripts plays. Yeah, I was just going to mention yeah. that, dude. Yeah, I agree with you once, completely. Once he stopped doing that, Jimmy's on his own, you know, and uh, he, uh, he doesn't really know what to do, does he? Uh, several times he didn't do the check down correctly. Uh, miss wide open players looking for his number one, you know. Uh, mm. And and again, there was a lot of Jimmy in there that was good because if you looked at the stats again, George Kittle, I think he, he, he made six receptions for just under 100 yards. So that season when we won, well, sorry, we went to the Super Bowl, um, it was George Kittle, that was Jimmy's safety valve. I've got no problem with, with Kittle being his safety valve if it means we progress up the field, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. But the fact remains that we have not been able to actually win a game because of Jimmy, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, because, you, because of the reliance on Jimmy rather than... Yeah, the, you, yeah. We haven't won a game because of his individualism ever. Yeah. You know, the only game I can recall where he held his own and he came out of Warrior was that New Orleans Saints game. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's the one. That's the one game I think that sticks on everybody because it was such yeah. a game that was out of context for his normal level of play. But uh, I think that one's yeah. But I mean, I also think that Carl takes some some of the blame here. I'm starting to believe that more and more. Um, with each with each game that kind of uh, you know everyone knows Jimmy's limitations everyone knows uh, what 
what he can't do as much as what he can do. And I, he just doesn't seem to, I mean, um, I can't remember, what was the name of their running back? He did score like two or three touchdowns. I can't remember his name. Um, but it appeared to me that that um, the Chiefs were using him almost in the in the same way that the 49ers last season were using Debo with like these screen passes and quick passes, like at the line of scrimmage. So they're getting to the, you know, the ball to Debo last season out wide really quick. So he can sort of, but we have, he, I mean, um, Carl hasn't been using screen passes or any of that kind of thing to Debo, but that's what the Chiefs did with that, with their running back. And then he kind of was cutting us up on, on the sidelines and, and, and scoring touchdowns. It was like they de- he out Deboed us almost. And I just wonder if Carl is, I don't know, he just seems to be lacking in imagination or he's like gone in his shell and being super conservative. And I, I just don't, I don't get it. Well, that's a good lead into Christian McCaffrey because he is that type of player, the running back that can come out and catch, make a screenplay. Because as rightly as you said before, Debo was a receiver that played running back. McCaffrey's a running back that can play receiver, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I think he's the kind of player that can give Shanahan a ton of options. But this is a moot point because what's the point of having big guns if you don't fire them properly, you know, or aim them in the right direction even? Um, so he's got all the weapons. He's got the team. It's an ex- This is this offense is good enough to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. One player, you know. I, I know people like him, but I do believe the quarterback is what is holding this offense back at the moment. I think he's brought the team down to its lowest common denominator, which is him. Mm. Although I do, I do, as I say, I do also, because the other thing that sticks into my mind is there are a couple of big plays that didn't, you know, where Jimmy kind of made okay passes. Was one to, was it to, to Werner and the other one, another one to, um, uh, what's the, was it JJ? No, what's the guy's name? Who's the, who scored the touchdown? Yeah, the two drop passes. I mean, again, but, it's like, it's, but it's weird. Obviously, he's he's making some biggish passes, but they not they're not to Ayuk, Kittle, you know, McCaffrey or um, Debo. He, yeah, they're finding these passes to these other people. And it's like I just wish you'd find these passes for you know the actual big weapons, not not the backups. Yeah, but I also think it would be quite remiss. Not to uh, have a go at the defense. This was the number oh, one. Oh yeah, true, true, NFL, true. You know, and when I saw Nick Bosa lying lining up on his belly, practically that was weird. I was like, mm. "What is he doing? Is he getting some kind of extra leverage by doing that?" And um, uh, you know, the the Chiefs did their homework. They owned him all night. He it took him three quarters to break through that line. But that stance of his, I, I've never seen before. He's literally lying on his stomach. In a yeah. Did, did you like, listen to his um, press conference afterwards? Who's Nick Bosa's? Yeah, no, I, I got the impression that they were kind of asked. He, they, that somebody asked him, kind of, uh, I think about you know what, how you know, how he was being handled and treated by by the the Chiefs O line, and, and and I got the impression he started to talk and then he kind of stopped and took this big deep breath and just said something much more generic, like um, they were throwing a lot of things at me or something, and very. But it almost sounded to me like he he was gonna he wanted to say something a lot more about what you know how he felt they were handling him. Um, but obviously maybe felt that if he said it, he'd get in trouble or something like that. So, so kind of refrained from doing it. But um, uh, yeah, there was no, there's, there's no doubt that he was absolutely owned by their O-line. 
you know, but there is an undercurrent of dissatisfaction. I, I sense it from the press conferences uh, of the players. I was, was said it, you know, because people need to put a shift in. Kittle did before the week before. He said, you know, yeah. if you get a chance and you don't take it, you shouldn't be here. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and I think what's happening now is that a lot of these players are realizing this is their best chance for a Super Bowl. And it, absolutely, yeah. It and it, there's a massive amount of frustration. Yeah, and it won't happen unless. Something drastic changes, and yeah, they've got it could be a go at Jimmy. It could be a go at, at 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 Shanahan, you know. But I think now Shanahan's got a shiny new toy, a multi multi weapon Christian McCaffrey. If we don't win now, I, I think Shanahan's run out of options. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, I know the defence played terrible, particularly in the second half. And obviously people can be like, oh, it was their first proper test, which it was. But, uh, you know, they were very, they've been very depleted. Um, you know, uh, the, you know, there are some sort of mitigating circumstances there, especially when you're playing Mahomes and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, um, you know, one one bad game across, you know, the games that we've played, the defence overall, whilst this was, was poor, has on the whole been been brilliant. And I wouldn't sort of cast them aside, you know, uh, as being as really the offence that, that needs to click. And, and again, I think a few people mentioned it in the game. At one point where we were still kind of winning, um, just, what was it, by a point or something at halftime, we needed kind of running game, long, slow drives, keep Mahomes off the field, keep the defence off the field, and it just wasn't wasn't happening. Mm. It wasn't wasn't what was working at all or, or being called. Um, and um, But I think, you know, we're still in it, was it? We're three and four. Uh, if we beat the rounds and we've got the bye week afterwards at four and four, you know, the NFC is so wide open, apart from the Eagles, who are obviously kind of off on their own, particularly in the West. We don't even have to be competing with the best in the NFC. We just have to beat the, you know, our, our sort of um, the others in the NFC West. Yeah. And, and we're still in it. It's a bad performance and, and whatever, but it doesn't matter what's happened. We're, you know, despite how badly we've played across a number of these games, we're totally still able, if we can. You know, put our, our, our <laughs> I don't know, I'm going to say lots of swear words there, but you know, if we can get our <laughs> together, then then we can absolutely uh, still make a run here. I, I want to bring it back a little bit, though. Again, it was third and long that, that killed us. You know, stopping people on third and long. It was yeah, Mariota yeah, yeah. last week against Atlanta, and now this time. Is McKinnon, who we signed, did nothing for us, goes to Kansas City, and he's like blooming Superman there, you know, again yeah. on third and long. We, we've got to be able to stop them on third and long. These are momentum killers, big time. And, um, you know, I think you could say the defense had a bad day at the office, but I think the accountability and the question that Paul opened with is everything. It's offense, defense. I mean, the special teams managed to get them to muff a punt, you know, and we didn't even score a touchdown. No, we did score a touchdown. No, we did, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and the defense contributed with an interception. Hafanga made a spectacular play to, to make a pick. But um, other than that, our offense just can't score, you know. The, yeah. Uh, I mean, they did a... Gosh, how many plays was it? I think there went eight plays, ten plays, and scored a touchdown. Then, I think on their next position, it took them like two plays to march 70 yards and score, you know. Why can't we gobble up huge chunks of yardage? And it's not because we've, we haven't got Patrick Mahomes. We've got the weapons. We're just, we don't know how to use them properly. Yeah, yeah. 
looking at the, the the game as a whole and the personnel that were on the field, do you think that some of our injured players were rushed back too quickly? Uh, and and that led to an underperformance on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I mean, Shanahan's got form on bringing not just injured players back too quickly. He's, he's got a history of bringing players who are injured and forcing them to play. Mm. So, you know, no, I don't think so. Uh, I, I think you know, we just... We were just owned, basically. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that was necessarily the, the reason. I, I mean, there may have been a, a small contributing factor. When I watched um, somebody interview Greenlaw in the locker room and they asked him how he was, and he, he just basically said he's, he's, he's all banged up and he's like, he was basically like his body hurts and he's just, you know. Um, so I think I think they're obviously hoping to get to the bye week as quick as possible by the sounds of it. Um, that, you know, they've obviously got. Uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, niggles and stuff like that. But the chances are every single team in the league has has all of that. So it, it's not really, uh, you know, it's not something that they can really use as, a, as an excuse, sadly. Mm-hmm. The game saw the 49ers giving up the most yards per play since Kyle took over in 2017. 9.1 yards per play against Kansas. Uh, the previous before that was 7.4 yards against Green Bay. The defense just well, we didn't fire on uh, on any part of the field, did we? But the defense really did have a shocker of a game. Yeah, it did. But I think you know Andy Reid did his homework with our defense. Yes, yeah. They, they had an answer for everything, and and when I watched the game, you could see they were dropping back just a little fraction to give their blockers a bit more time to. To, to stop the secondary in particular from making those plays. And he knew that, that by that time, the gaps would have been plugged to stop the linebackers from doing anything. So mm. you know, outcoached, basically. Yeah, you know, yeah. Neither Ryan's nor Shannon copied it. And it's easy for us to see it because we sit at home watching it on telly. But, yeah. But it's outcoached. Yeah, definitely. And no adjustments either. And plus, Bowser deciding to. Do a three-point stance from his belly button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> McGlinchey didn't have a great game on the O line. Um, the, the the entire O line didn't have a great game. Let's face it, given the score. But McGlinchey allowed four pressures and two sacks. He didn't look. He didn't look game fit at all. No, it, it didn't look even that. Or he's just as bad as he is. I don't know. I'm not convinced. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Yeah. I, I think I agree with you there, Paul. He's just as bad as we think he is. You know, He still hasn't done that real breakout game yet. He's played well in a couple of games, but he's really lacking consistency in his game. Yeah, definitely. So from the quarterback point of view, Garoppolo was 25, for thir- 25 of 37 for 303 yards, two touchdowns. There was that one interception in the end zone, which didn't help matters at all. Against Patrick Mahomes, he was 25 of 34, 423 yards with three, t- with three touchdowns and an interception, a pass rating of 132.4. Does this sort of game hurt Jimmy from... Uh, uh, from the point of view of the end of the season when we're, we're going to be looking to get rid of him? Uh, no. No games hurt him because he's going and he knows it. Um, I, I think Jimmy's on a winning thing here. Have you ever seen him pissed off after we lose? Have you ever seen him kick his helmet or cuss or no. spit on the ground? I've never seen him p- look pissed off after we lose. 
He's always smiling mm-hmm. and giggling and doing all the being Jimmy, being lovely. You know, I I just like him to show a bit more disappointment when we lose. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, in ter- in terms of his prospects at the end of the season, I, I think it's all just going to come down to to his overall. Because I say the problem is you look at those stats and you compare them to Mahomes' stats, and they don't actually look that bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and, you know, if, if de- depending on how this season ends up turning out, I think that's far more likely to play into, because it seems to me that there are loads of people who think Jimmy is really good, uh, and I, I just don't see it most of the time. Uh, so um, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if, if, you know, if we manage to sneak into the playoffs, um, and uh, regardless then of how well we do, he can easily find himself somewhere. What is it that's saying? There's lies, damn lies, and statistics. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> Speed volumes. Yeah, um, definitely. Christian McCaffrey, what uh, what do we think of Christian McCaffrey's game? Um, he was with the 49ers for two days before the game started. Um, very little time to learn the playbook. He is a seasoned professional, but so, so he will have known the bulk of it anyway. But do you think he had a decent game? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, it's just come off the plane. He's got stuck in and he's ready to go. And interestingly, in his post-game show, he didn't say I didn't have a full off-season with these guys unlike the other fella, you know. He uh, he got on with it. And like I said earlier at the start, the positive for me is this guy is as advertised. We just need to yeah. make sure that he stays healthy and we'll be all right. Yeah, and I said, certainly at the beginning, he made uh, a couple of uh, runs, you know, decent long runs for first down. Um, and, you know, when, when everything else was falling around him, uh, I don't think after two days being with the team, we could necessarily expect him to to put out some miraculous performance. But, uh, you know, when he was in, uh, and particularly when we were the offence was functioning a little better in the first half, I, I think he looked uh, really promising. Looking back at the, the second half of the game, um, some some of the stats. Have, I mean, <laughs> we've just been decrying stats, but some of the stats that we've got for the second half of of, of all games that we've played this season, um, we are minus thirty three in second half scoring differential. That's twenty eighth in the NFL. For turnovers, we're on a margin of minus five. That's tied for second worst in the NFL. We do not have a second half game, do we? No, we don't. No, we I have think- a first half, and the, like like you said before, Deepak. Kyle Shadowhan scripts the first yeah. eight to ten plays of of the game. After that, it's down to well, a committee, if you like. But we simply don't have anything for the second half. We we come out as flat. We're expecting now. We're expecting what we had in the first half. We're getting in the second half, and we know that the opposition will have gone in there. They will have made changes for us. Yeah, I mean, again, it's. It, this is on Shanahan because yeah. how many times have we seen the Niners get reasonable field position with like a minute 45 and two timeouts left? They don't go for a field goal. They just run the clock out. You know, they, yeah, yeah. They don't bother to go for the extra points. Even if they get the ball back in the second, in the next quarter, they, they just, he tells them to just play for time and kill the clock, which I think is unforgivable. Whereas yeah, terrible. Yeah. March you down in two feet. Two two plays and boom, you're scoring and you get the ball back. You know that's devastating for a team yeah. to have to face with. And I think it wasn't it in, wasn't it in last week's podcast. You guys spoke about um, the difference between him being actual head coach and someone who's coach. good at you know X and O's and running plays and and all of that to me ties into that that kind of clock management and everything like that. I mean he's he's 
poor at that. You know, his aggressiveness, how he seems to kind of become super uh, defensive. I, so I, I often don't think that, you know, I would go on, you know, fourth and short or fourth down at different times that he would seem to choose to go on fourth down mm. um, sometime. You know, why, I mean, why would I know when to go on fourth down? You know what I mean? But in my, in my brain, uh, sometimes I'm, I'm going for those things and, and he doesn't. And I, I just, I'm not convinced that these things that you, know, you would squarely put on the head coach. Um, you know, I just, to me, he's not that great at. He's, he, he needs to show more courage. You know, he yeah, needs to yeah. show some bravery some balls, maybe take a few risks. And by that, I don't mean stupid attempts on fourth and five. That's not... Oh, of course, no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not taking the risk, that's taking the piss, you know. But what I mean is having the nouse to see if he can get one more score in before a, 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 the, a closing quarter ends, you know, like, yeah. like the second or, or doing something more. But the, you see, again, his hands are tied because Jimmy cannot throw to the sideline. Mm. And when he does throw to the sidelines where people can get out of bounds and stop a clock, he gets picked off, you know. So Jimmy's throws are darts up the middle, nothing else. He can't throw it to the sidelines, you know. And if he had a quarterback that could throw to the sidelines, maybe we might see some plays from Shanahan where he would perhaps go for yeah, maybe. a bit more aggressive with his play, you know, because I think invariably when you play not to lose you end up not winning if that makes sense yeah yeah absolutely okay so let's fast forward to the end of the season um or more more specifically next season would you give Carl Shanahan another season so that he's got a season with Trey Lance a quarterback as long as he doesn't get injured again or based on what's happened so far this season are you calling for Kyle to go I'm not calling him to go uh, for a couple of reasons. Least of all, what you highlighted first about Trey Lance. I think last time we had Alex Smith would could get different series of coaches every six weeks. You know, yeah, it's not good for for Lance's development because whilst he's recovering, he's still reading playbooks and 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 doing things. You know, he's not just sat there at home on an Xbox. So for that reason, you know, he definitely should stay. But the other reason is Christian McCaffrey. You know, he's got the the toy. Let's see him play with it. You know, let's see see him do something with it. And uh, this is we like we accuse the Rams. They're they're playing for today. We're playing for today. This isn't some rebuild for the future. This is for Mm. this season. Yeah, this is what this is what our future was leading to. Yeah, this is this is for our future. This. Yeah, we've done the years and years of rebuild. Yeah, so this is it is for now, and um, if he doesn't, you know, there was a, an interesting comment somebody put on Facebook. You know, well, I put down will will Lynch and Shani get the sack, and he said, "Are they interchangeable though? Can you have one without the other?" And I thought, actually, yeah, you could. You could keep Lynch, but not Shani. Yeah. Mm. It's it's a good question though because they were brought in pretty much as a package, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, I think, you know, Lynch as a GM has, has done his job. Kyle's yeah. told him, I need this, this and this, and he's given him this, this and this. Yeah, yeah. You know, so to that extent, he's he's delivered. But yeah, the, the pressure, I think Kyle Shanahan must be feeling it now, you know, because the losses we've made, Kansas City to one side, are against teams that we should be playing off the park. Yeah. Denver, Atlanta, you know, Chicago even. These are teams that are a team that's aspiring to be... 
extended in the postseason should be beating comfortably. I, I mean, for me, the the only reason, and I agree with you, Dipak, is is effectively the the Trey Lance reason. If if, for example, we we don't make the playoffs, I would get rid of Carl in an instant if it wasn't for Trey, right. because. I totally agree that I don't, even though I don't necessarily think that he's developed in Britain, I'm not convinced he's a great developer of quarterbacks at this point. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. I wouldn't, I'm not saying he is or he isn't. I'm one of the jury's out kind of thing. But I think if, if, if Trey's going to have the best chance to succeed next season, it wouldn't be by throwing him a whole new playbook with a whole new coach. And after trying to recover from his injury, you know, if we want to give him a chance of actually being a quarterback, the best quarterback he can be, then I don't think changing Carl Shanahan in in the off season is is the answer to that. So I personally, for that reason alone, would give him another season with Trey Lance, hopefully you know lasting the season and, and seeing how we get on, and then obviously making a judgment then um, about about that situation. But just to put the cat amongst the pigeons, you know, I'm just going to sidetrack completely and go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. These guys do not fire coaches. Okay, they haven't fired one in nearly 60 years, right? Coaches retire or, you know, call it a day. They yeah. do not fire coaches. I think, or what's his face, Tomlin, might be going soon, as in end of this season soon. Mm. Um, I've always liked him. I've always liked him. Um, for the simple fact that nobody in the NFL drafts receivers better than Pittsburgh does. Uh, absolutely nobody. Pittsburgh is always going to be synonymous with they'll find the best wide receivers in the draft, and we are talent stacked with wide receivers. I think Tomlin would be foaming at the mouth to have a go here. You yeah, know? yeah. So um, that there could be interesting alternatives if Shani doesn't commit to his end. I mean, I'm, at the end of the day, we're dealing with the Yorks here. You know, they could quite easily extend his contract for another twenty years. You know? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. You know, so it, it, it perhaps it is a little bit premature, but there are choices that there are coaches out there. Uh, but again, I think Shani does deserve this one last swig at last chance saloon. Yeah, where yeah I agree. A healthy trait and a healthy uh, Christian McCaffrey. Because the, the other thing I was going to mention about the offense, and, and that is I had forgotten earlier, is obviously we've actually got quite a lot of new offensive coaches, haven't we? Quite a lot of the offensive staff all went off to other places uh, with other jobs. So we, we've got a practically whole new offensive coaching structure. And, 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 and maybe part of the problem is is that. And that you know, and maybe some of them either aren't working out or, or just the fact that they're new and haven't really settled in is, is causing problems with, with some of the issues on, on offence. Uh, I, I don't know. I've really got no idea whether that's true or not. But they, they are mostly new appointments. Uh, and, and maybe it's not working out as well as, as, as they'd hoped. We're going to be taking a look at the uh, next week's game against the Rams in just a second. Before we do, we've got one question from the group, um, if we can sort that out. Uh, Stephen Box, why do you think our pass rush was unable to get to Mahomes this week? Because the Kansas City Chiefs scheme for that. They knew that we were that. <laughs> Yeah, I, th I think that's the difference between uh, you know the coaching. Yeah. To be fair, that question should have come much earlier on in the podcast, but we were we were in such a flow that it kind of passed me by. Sorry about that, Steve, but there you go, your question's asked. Um, we think that Andy Reid just schemed the hell out of us. Yeah. Um, I, I've got to agree with that completely. 
So let's take a look at this weekend's game coming up. It is against the St. Louis Rams. No, it's not against St. Louis Rams, it's against the LA Rams. God, how long have they been in LA? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Niners lead the all-time series 76-68 to with three draws. Niners have won seven of the last eight meetings. That one that we didn't win, that was last season yeah, in, the, in the postseason, yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, we, it was just horrible. Uh, the Niners have won five of the seven meetings since the Rams moved back to LA. <sighs> I, I, where do we start with this game? What, what do we expect from this game? We've got McCaffrey... We haven't got used check by the look of it, whose finger was all over the place. Yeah, there's some dodgy-looking photos of his finger, <laughs> wasn't there? That, that, that was so completely wrong. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so we, we've not got used check, but we have got McCaffrey, who will have had a good week to look at the playbook before this game. Have we got Debo as well? I heard something about a hamstring. Um, the last I heard it, they said he was day to day, so I think they said he has a chance, but um, they 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 hadn't announced. Uh, I haven't looked. I tend to do most of my reading in the at night before I go to bed, so I haven't seen the latest today. But uh, yeah, poor rivalry week, mate. Um, yep, one of the teams that I, um, in the context of rivalry, hate the most. You know, more than Seattle. So um, as much as Dallas. You know, so if that shows you how old I am, there will be a good test for us because they're in a similar position to us. They're not yeah. exactly winning, and they'll be looking to win desperately. You know, and uh, of course it's going to be at Levi's North, so I fancy our chances. I really do. Yeah, I think it'll be quite interesting because obviously they're they're coming off a bye, aren't they? They are. Um, so, but well, obviously we've got the bye next week. So there's almost an incentive where our guys can like. Give it, you know, obviously they're all going to hopefully be fired up after the abysmal performance against the Chiefs. It's the LA Rams, so they're fired up anyway. That you know, hopefully we'll have all the support again, as you say, in in uh, Levi's North, and um, you know, all, all those things, you know, pointing the record and everything else. And they know they can kind of, you know, put their bodies on the line maybe a little bit more because they've got a week rest afterwards. Whereas the Rams, mm. don't, they haven't, they've had their bye, and what whilst they might be more rested, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how how that plays uh, plays out. But I think we can definitely beat them. The Rams are three and three on the season so far. Obviously, the 49ers are three and four. So this is it's kind of a pivotal swing game in the NFC West, isn't it? If if we win the game, we go to four and four. If they lose the game, they go to three and four. And w- w- that would be good enough for probably second place for us and put them back down to the bottom. Don't forget, there's another team competing now. We thought there wouldn't be, but there definitely yeah. are. Yeah. You know, Seattle are also competing. So, um, and, and the good thing is, obviously, so far, we, we obviously, I know we've only played two games, haven't we? We played Seattle and the Rams once already, but we've won both of those games. If we can keep up, you know, be, beating those within our um, division, then, uh, you, know, in, you know, despite some abnormal, you know, all sorts of pretty poor performances, we can, you know, stay in touch of, of the playoffs just by continuing to beat those in, in the West, um, hopefully. So, um, you know, to keep that record going, it would be really handy. I'm not going to ask you for predictions because we kind of got rid of that one last, after after last week's debacle. <laughs> we're not doing that anymore, Paul. Yeah. No, 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 we're, we're definitely not. Looking at a comparison of the 49ers to the Rams, we are ahead of them on points per game, 20th compared to 29th, ahead of them on yards per game and rushing yards per game. The only 
The only offensive side that they are ahead of us is on passing yards per game, 11th against 14th. Um, Dowser Garoppolo, basically, he needs to pass the ball better and more confidently. Um, but we need to get the running game going, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully Christian McCaffrey can help us do that. Definitely. Um, the Niners are opening as one and a half point underdogs for the game. Um, I've got to hope that we can we can cover that. I think we should. You know, I mean, I think this is, when I say a winnable game, this is the sort of game that we win, if that makes sense. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where we come back after a difficult loss, an awkward loss. Um, I don't think they really recovered from that East Coast road trip, to be perfectly honest. I don't know mm. why around there so long just come back home and fly again you know it's only an extra hour or two on a plane good grief I used to do that all the time um, I didn't play an NFL game but <laughs> <laughs> yeah there, there is a slight matter of an NFL game in between yeah but, uh, I think um, there were signs of fatigue and I think the bye week can't come soon enough yeah and it'd be especially sweeter if we can um, enter the bye you know at least four and four Taking a quick look at the pick six for this week, uh, the winner was Rob Martin with 28 points. He got the pick six and used his wild card as well to double up his points. At uh, the table after week seven, Rob Martin up on top there with 38 points. Just behind him, Stephen Box and Kieran Walton with 36 points. And then Bjorn, Bjorn I'm really sorry I can't pronounce your last name, on 34 points. Um, on the admins, uh, on the admins little mini list, Stephen Vox is top of the list with 36 points. James Little and Simon Holdsworth on 33 points. Michael Wandai on 31 points. Graham Box and Nathaniel James on 25. Deepak on 18. Mark Lyon on 15. And me still down at the bottom with five. Guess who's not been putting his picks in? Sorry about that. Well, that is it for um, the ep- this episode of the Tweak show. Uh, thank you to Deepak and to Paul Marosh for taking part today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Enjoyed it. Yeah, and thank you, thank you to everybody that is involved in getting the show on the air. You all know who you are, so thank you very much for that. Um, on behalf of Deepak and Paul, I've been Paul McDonald. You've been the audience, and this has been the Frequency Forty Nine Show. Bye for now. <laughs>